All right, we're back. Episode seven of Derek and Deja. What's good? <laughs> he paused. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's been quite a uh, last couple of days. Yeah. Yeah, we're really off schedule, so I'm kind of discombobulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who thought is it? Uh, well, the man gets blamed for everything, so I I guess it's my fault. Really? Yeah. Okay, you don't have to say it like that, but it is your fault. But uh huh. Mm hmm. Okay, so back back again for episode seven. Uh, right off the bat, we want to talk about the name change. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So how do you feel about how do you feel about the changes that have happened? Um. Well, we put a poll out on Instagram, mm-hmm. and we you know. Um, message some of our people directly trying to get a poll out. So we definitely um want to say thank you for everybody that participated. But the new name is called. The new name of the channel is mm. called um, Daily Dallas Dope. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so, just with the last name, there was there was a vision for it, but just like uh, I, I forget who it was, but some really renowned entrepreneur has said, in this business, you can't you can't fall in love with your ideas. Mm-hmm. So, at the point of realizing, okay. It probably does need to be changed. Just gotta make make adjustments. Yeah. You can't fall in love with the idea. You gotta let it go. So, just uh, just trying to again making improvements. Intro now. Now we have the new channel name. Mm-hmm. What do you think about making putting like a banner on the thumbnails? Oh yeah, definitely need to do that. Now. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna update the thumbnails. Like, just keep progressing. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I like I like the name a lot. I like the new. The new logo. It's a placeholder. Yeah, it is a placeholder. Until we get one made, but I like the logo. I like the way it looks. Um, It's Dallas themed, Mm -hmm. which is why we got the Dallas hats on today. (laughs) We got the the Dallas themed hats on today. (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, you know. Do you like it overall? Yeah. All the changes. For sure. I like. I mean, I like every change that's that's happened. Um. I think initially with some of them, I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. He was reluctant, y'all. He but, was definitely reluctant. He didn't want to get rid of the red cancel sign. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> I didn't want to get rid of the channel name mm-hmm. because I had other ideas that were tied into that name. But mm-hmm. it's all right. You know, when 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 you're doing creative things and you, and you kind of feel like you can be creative, you can come up with new ideas. So right. Just, I'll just come up with something different. So. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. You want to uh, get into these topics? Yeah, let's go on and get into before, it. Before, but before we do, mm-hmm. so last episode was kind of uh, intense. Mm-hmm. It was intense. It kind of it kind of wore on me. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. It did. But in that moment, like, towards the end, I was just kind of out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have, like, the energy to just keep talking about anything else. Mm-mm. Nothing random anymore. We wanted to. We like, all right, that was it. We right. stop right here. Mm-hmm. So, so this episode, we definitely don't want to do that. We want it to be a lot, a lot more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And and there's been a recurring theme. We've we've been talking about different types of black topics. Mm-hmm. We talked about black economics. We talked about going to college and the effect that that has on black people, specifically discrimination. We've talked about black activism. We talked about all these things. And all of those things kind of seem to have a kind of a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it wasn't the most positive talk that we could have had, you know, mm-hmm. in regards to those subjects. So today we wanted to talk about, we wanted to talk about something positive. Yeah. And, and that is? Right now, um, you want to go, go, go straight into the video? Yeah, but, but what's the, what's the video about? Pretty much black excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much how everyone right now is only the top one percent for in the black community mm-hmm. that are millionaires at this point. So um, we definitely want to talk about that, and not just people that's making multi million dollars, but also just the regular people making between three hundred, a hundred to three hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, mm-hmm. the normal people, two parent household, whatever the case may be, but. It's more than just that. Like, everybody's not on welfare or whatever, you, you know, not having government assistance. Black people are still booming out here. 
but that's the that type of stuff is not on social media. We're depicted as being if we have if we have money, we either rappers, mm-hmm. um, actors, ball players, you know, right? Not just the um, normal entrepreneurs, right? Business owners, you know. Yeah. So just just basically, you know, just to, just to recap that, like, there's is it was a video on YouTube that's about the. Uh, the black upper class mm-hmm. and we'll we'll link the video in the description i don't remember the exact title right now it's um america's black upper class mm-hmm. rich successful and empowered rich successful and empowered mm-hmm. and we're going to link that in our description but this is basically a documentary about uh the black upper class so mm-hmm. so they were talking about the black three percent so the top three percent so this 3% is those who are actually millionaires. Mm-hmm. And in the video, it was talking about how one in 50, one in every 50 black families are millionaires. Mm-hmm. And that and that's something that, I mean, I didn't know. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like one out of 200. Like, it yeah. was, I thought it was just like so like unreachable. Like, yeah. there ain't nothing that really can happen. Right. Like, you don't really think about black people being actually your, the next door is actually a black person is a millionaire. Right, right. I mean, one in fifty. So one. So to put it in perspective, one in fifty. Um, we're talking about roughly like forty million black people. So it was saying that that three percent of Black Americans are millionaires. So it was saying a million five hundred thousand Black people are millionaires. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, everything that we've said in regards to like Black economics is still it still rings true. Mm-hmm. There there are still you know, a large percentage of our community is still impoverished. Oh, yeah. You know, are living like lower class. But at the same time, we have people who have found a lot of success here. And we want to talk about those successes because they're important to talk about. Yes. Just like how you said, like our successful people aren't just athletes Mm-mm. and entertainers and politicians. Like we have we have successful people who made it in business, who made it being an entrepreneur. You know who didn't come from the greatest background so they really just pulled themselves up mm-hmm. and 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 we wanted to showcase that and highlight that because it's important okay. so so what what was the uh so the first segment of the of the video mm-hmm. it was about who done peoples mm-hmm. now he's a property developer right and um this is the person that pretty much resonated with him because mm-hmm. <laughs> he was so big on capitalism and everything so i really feel like you should you know break down his story because i mean i feel like you had a little bromance with his story <laughs> bromance <laughs> you, and, you and his bromance I mean, this, this, this is the second time you just thrown it around <laughs> nah but uh it was a property developer named don peoples uh-huh. and his net worth currently is around 700 million dollars and this was a man who his parents were one was a civil civil surgeon mm-hmm. servant and the other one was a real estate agent mm-hmm. and so someone who came from very a very modest background um i believe he was biracial mm-hmm. and uh, he grew up during the civil rights movement and from there got into real estate at 22 had his first million by 30 and has ballooned that into 700 million mm-hmm. you know and so i mean and that's that made me when when I heard that when he said at twenty two he um you know got into the real estate world and then by thirty he became a millionaire. I'm like okay that's only just an eight year difference. So people making it seem like you can make these millions you know over a nice success because living in this technology world you know, mm. but it's like it takes time. It took him eight years and now make his first million. Right. And now how much he's worth? <laughs> Seven hundred. Like jeez. So that's what I loved about it. Mm-hmm. The realness of all these stories. Right. And and one thing that I wanted to, to kind of like focus on is the fact that, I mean, this man, this is the first time I had ever heard of this man. Mm-hmm. Right. And now we were we were scrolling through YouTube and saw him in the Breakfast Club interview. Right. So there are people who are putting these faces in front of us. But still, it was the first time I had ever even heard of him. And I think something that's important, the same way we we in our community know, like, I know, like, almost every basketball player in the NBA, mm-hmm. you know, even even like not being like a super fan now and catching every game and 
like I still know a majority of the players, you know, by name. Mm -hmm. And and it's one of these things where it's like, well, if those things can be important to me, you know, it's definitely important to know who are our black billionaires in the U.S. Mm -hmm. You know, who are multimillionaires? How did they come up? The same way you know LeBron James' backstory and all this stuff. You know, Jay-Z, you know, Kanye, you know, all of them. Like, it's important to know about these people, too. And we need to put the spotlight on these people and make them make them famous, mm-hmm. make them celebrities, make them somebody who you just get so entrenched with. And you want to know every detail about their life because, you know, they might be able to show you a path. Right. Mm-hmm. Show you a path to being successful like them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like and man, it's just it's just like I really just want these types of people to to be like those superhero figures to our kids. Oh, yes. I was just about to talk about that. Like, I want this type of representation for my kids. Like, okay, it's good to have the music industry and all that, mm. but I don't want them to look up to them. Right. That's not obtainable. That's one in a million. I want you to know the back, you know, the accountants in your life, the real estate agency, you know, the people that we're about to talk about in this video. That's all I want you to know. Mm. The people that works hard every day, if you work hard, you know, you get something for it. Right. And and not to, and not to say that those things aren't things that you can strive for. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're passionate about it, then if you have the talent for it, yes. By all if means. we see it, it, I feel like if we see it at a young age in our child, we're like okay, you know what, this might be a little something. We probably need to put them in, you know, special training because clearly they have the gift, mm-hmm. naturally. But I'm talking about the people that just automatically put their kids in this because it's like that's the thing to do in our community. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, going on Jordan this league or going on do this because everybody else is doing it. You have a shot if you see it. You know, it's like, no, mm-hmm. it's more than life than just that. Right. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a comic book artist, take him to um, South by Southwest and whatever the case may be. You know, show them different stuff. Mm-hmm. It's more than life. It's comic book artists in South by Southwest. Ain't that all? It's all different type of stuff in South by Southwest. I've never been, so I, I mean... It could be. Oh, you need to go. You been to South by South? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a hater. That made me resent you a little uh, bit. <laughs> you can go. I think I post some pictures on, um, I think, Instagram or Facebook. A long, 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 long time ago days. I wasn't following you on Instagram a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> neither And neither were you for me, so don't don't even be like that. You're right, you're right. So, Let's nah. just. <laughs> yeah. But nah, just getting back into it, like, um, just again, just wanting to make the focus about these these respectable, these respectable, you know, clean cut, positive, you know, mm-hmm. you know these positive individuals, and and this is just something that we just want to push. And so the first one was Don Peoples, net worth of seven hundred million dollars, a very clean cut guy, seems very sensible, mm-hmm. like despite being biracial. Um, and he also married, he also married outside of his race, mm-hmm. but, but, you how know, you, how you feel about that? I like how he said it in the video. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with him. Mm-hmm. You know, you, 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 love what you love. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that he, I don't think that he did that because he felt like he needed to. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he did that because he had disdain or hate for himself or his community. I think he just saw somebody he liked, and that's what it became. Literally, that's what happened. And yeah. I feel like his entire story was like that. It's not because I'm black, I'm supposed to do this, because I'm this, I'm supposed to do this. No, his entire right. story, I did this because I want to. Right, I right. did not care about what anybody else thought. Right. This is me. Mm-hmm. So. And and then just being a, uh, a biracial man in America, coming up during these certain time periods, but making sure like to always what's the word represent himself as being a black man oh yeah you know what i'm saying like it's definitely known not losing like not losing his roots not trying to be something that he's not like he's very aware that he's black but you know it's just one of those things we were talking about when i was talking about creating a counterculture right but because there is that dominant black culture that has a lot of negatives in it Mm -hmm. right but that but even that culture that's being pushed by media and and may even be I mean, it is still a real thing out around us, right? Mm-hmm. But like that, that that's not a blanket thing. It doesn't it doesn't fit all of us. All of us aren't living through that 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 lens, right? Yeah. And so, just just seeing somebody talk about, you know, what it means to be black, 
like the the representation of being a black man, how uh, white Americans usually don't associate wealth with being black. Mm -hmm. But now they see him and he's made his money legitimately. I'm not an entertainer. I'm not a, a ball player. Like, you know, I'm black. I'm a part of the black experience, too. I'm a part of black history. This is a part of the black culture as well. Mm -hmm. Not just all those other negative things. And so it's just it's just really important that people see all of the picture, you know, and just something like, again, like with that culture thing, you ever see like somebody will say something like you you speak too proper, mm -hmm. like you speak in white. Mm -hmm. Why you talk white? Or, or have you seen someone say you haven't seen Friday? You're not even black. You ain't never ate, you ain't never ate this. You know, and so you have like people who are determining what it means to be black for you mm -hmm. rather than allowing you to live your own experience. Right. Because Cause when I look in the mirror, I'm still black at the end of the day. Right. And and it's crazy like that because. Like, I don't know where that comes from. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think like it's a form of like self-hate? Oh, yeah. Like seeing like seeing other people live a certain type of way and, and you telling them they can't live that way. And, and, oh, I wouldn't say self-hate. Uh, I'll say, honestly, that is all they know. They feel as if that's how they give back to the black community because they know so much about certain things. Oh, this is put out for us, so why don't you know it? You're black, right? Like, so I wouldn't say self-hate. I feel like that's the only way they know how to represent the black community, be a part. That's how they give back, by knowing all the latest no, things. Well, no, well, not just those people. I'm saying, like, let's say you had an instance where, because this actually happened to me before when mm -hmm. I was younger, right? Mm -hmm. And and it made me feel a way to the point where I actually began to change the way that I behaved, mm. right? Uh, because I used to speak, and not just speak, but I used to, like, text, like, very properly. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? To the point where I had somebody tell me that, like, you text so proper. You text white. You know what I'm saying? But but again, I'm saying to you, like, you, you don't see any how it could potentially be some type of self-hate in that. Mm. Yeah. Like, because, you know, like, when you have, like, a bully mm -hmm. who isn't smart. So then they see somebody who is smart, and it makes them feel bad. So they be like, you damn nerd. Mm -hmm. Four eyes. You don't got to do all that. You know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah. So, so I don't know. It's like you just have people who are pushing the worst of us and trying to make it like it's the thing for us to be. And, and, and it's not. Mm. It's nothing wrong being smart. It's nothing wrong with, with, with not wearing all these name brands and stuff. It's nothing wrong with. It's nothing wrong with a lot of stuff that we champion and make it seem like it's everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think Don Peoples is a good example of that. And, and one thing that he did say. He said that he, when he was younger, he wanted to buy, I think he said a Ferrari. Mm -hmm. But even when he had the money to do it, he said that he still didn't because it made him seem like a, a less serious person. Yep. So multi-millionaire didn't buy an expensive car until his, until his mid to late 30s. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, man. It says a lot. Yeah. It put, uh, put a lot of stuff in perspective for me because it's like, yeah, I'm, we making the money now, but it was like, you know how you get caught up with, um, okay, now that I'm making this amount of money, I'm supposed to be looking a certain way. Keeping up to, with the Joneses. Yeah. So yeah. it's like now, I'm like, you know what? No, that's not me. That never been me. So why should I change now? Yeah. I made it this far without doing all that. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to fall for it. Hmm. Hmm. So. There's a good book about this mm -hmm. called the, the Millionaire Next Door. Hmm. It talks about like the these this class of millionaires and how they can be your next door neighbor, but you would never know because they live very modestly. Yeah. And so yeah, it could it could be telling that you could be a less serious person if as soon as you get some money, you go buy an expensive car, mm -hmm. you go buy something that depreciates, and now you'll never you'll never get that back. Oh no. So, for sure, for sure, I think his story was very important. And I want to I want to watch that Breakfast Club interview. I do too. Yeah, so probably watch it tonight. <laughs> we wind down if we have time. I mean, today's about to be a busy day. <laughs> yeah, we definitely on the time crunch today. Yeah. What about the second story? How did you feel Since about that? Since we talk one? about modest living, mm -hmm. 
um, Urban Hydration, Miss uh, Psyche Terry. Mm -hmm. She is the owner, a black female owner of mm -hmm. this cosmetic brand. Um, the thing, this story kind of resonates with me. Well, the next one really is. But this one, I, I liked her perspective because she's also, they're actually a local um, business. Mm -hmm. They're actually stationed in Frisco. It's down the street, you know? So we love that. Um, I have notes. Right. So I'm gonna have to pull my notes out. Do you know more stuff off the top of your head about this one? I know I know one of the, the stats that came up was that black black the black community spends nine times more mm -hmm. on, on hair and cosmetics uh -huh. um, than any other community in the, in America. Yeah. And so and so just for having representation in that in that uh, industry is very important mm -hmm. because it's an industry that we you know, we're greatly overrepresented in our spending, mm -hmm. right? And so we should, we like, we need to have some type of representation in those industries, and not just like on the on the cosmetic line, uh, on the cosmetic line side. Even though we need that too, mm -hmm. but like you know, like with nail techs and you know what I'm saying, like oh, yeah. stuff like that, like these spas and all this type of stuff, massages, yeah. like. Cause I know we we as a black community, the only uh, people that we go get our hair done by, I know for me. I'm going to a black. <laughs> well, you got to get Beautician. your hair done. Yeah, you go to a black barber to get your hair cut. But I feel like we need to do that same thing in everything else. Like I'm purposely trying to buy black. So Urban Hydration, this was the next company that was on there. This is a local black-owned hair product and skincare, you know, business. So we need to make sure we trying to find all the people that's actually, you know, are uh, are us and for us, <laughs> like literally. So it's like that. That's what I'm trying to push because it's like we're going to spend the money anyway. Mm. We we are serious about how we look. We see about how we smell. We make sure you know we're not ashy. Because right. I mean, come on, now when we was younger, <laughs> you step out being ashy. I'm gonna be the main one getting clown. Probably, probably you. Probably, probably you more than not me. Not probably. probably. I was always ashy. Probably you more than me. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to, I've been told that I was a diva. Mm, for real. Yeah. I can see that. You definitely a pretty boy. Mm-hmm. Mm hey, when I lose, when I lose some of this weight, it's gonna be, it's gonna be much worse. The weight does have, have nothing to do with it. You still a pretty boy. Listen, it does though. Mm -hmm. Just wait. Oh jeez. Just wait, man. I don't know. I can do with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't think I act different than when I was uh, thinner? Back in the day, like five years ago. Not even. I mean, you know me in, in different, yeah, different periods. Mm -hmm. You don't think so? Yeah. I mean, we don't have to go deep into this, but I told you how uh, I felt about you when I first met you. And what did you think? I thought you was a pretty boy. I was like, oh, he really into himself right now. Yeah. That's, I was like, do you want me here or not? That's what you said. You uh -huh. said that I was fooling myself. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dang, do, do I need to be here? <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy. But no, uh, man. What were we talking about? Yeah. We, <laughs> we no. talking about the beauty line. Oh, yeah. We talking about beauty line. So. So, uh, speaking of like, we were, again, we we're talking about buying black, mm -hmm. and the importance of it is because there was some statistic that I had looked up yesterday mm -hmm. in preparation for for today's uh, show, and it was talking about how Black America um, earns one point three trillion, one point three trillion, and mm -hmm. gross national income. Mm -hmm. So just like us, forty around forty million Black people make one point three trillion dollars annually. And of that, only 2% is recirculated into the black community. Mm. And so a black dollar, right, you go anywhere in the black community and spend it. A black dollar stays in the community, I think it says six hours. Yes. And then it said, in the, and to give you a reference point, it said in the Jewish community, it stays within their community for 20, 20 days. And then in the, in the Asian American community, it stays in the community for, for 30 days. And so just, just... Just understanding that, mm -hmm. right? And then, and then of all the black-owned companies, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, of, of all the companies, period. Black people make up thirteen percent of the United States population. However, only seven percent of all companies are black-owned. And when you just start hearing these types of numbers, it's just like you you see the importance of having entrepreneurship okay you well before you get too far let's go on and break down this one because a lot of people can hear percentages and they like yeah what does that mean to me going back to only 
the black dollar stay in our community for six hours. We're right. saying you go to this barbershop, go get your haircut, and then your barber go spend that money on something else, not black owned. You know, it's going to buy Nike or go something else. It's not staying in our community. He's not going to the black grocery store. He's not like none of us are doing that because we don't have it. Right. That's what we're seeing. All the other communities, the Asian community, you go, you're going to find an Asian mark somewhere. Everybody know where the Asian marks are at. Everybody know all the um, the nail salons. They everybody knows where to go. Right. It's a part of Chinatown everywhere <laughs> you go. So it's like no, there there is one. Yes. And, and what's crazy is uh when I when I stayed in Addison, mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know where where we were going, but we ended up driving I think north of Addison mm-hmm. or just in that general area. And we ended up being in the neighborhood, and I don't know how we got there, but we ended up being in an entirely Asian American neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And and I know this because the churches, every single every single building, mm-hmm. like it didn't have an Asian it didn't have an Asian theme name. It was in a different language. Mm-hmm. Every single building. Yeah. And it's just a whole community where they own everything, and it's just like. That's that's I mean for it's me acceptable to see, and no one is calling them out as in oh so what y'all only buying Asian it's like okay right it, it, that's the norm yeah, so yeah, why yeah. is that not the norm for us I mean just I don't want to say not just like not having that mindset but like maybe not having access to capital I would say the financial resources not having access to individuals who have done those things before so they can okay. show you how to do it and maybe just kind of not having the belief in yourself that you can that you can get it done mm-hmm. i mean part part of part of being a, a successful entrepreneur and there's a certain like amount of just hustle to it mm-hmm. like you just have those people who are like i don't care what it is like i can i can sell it mm-hmm. you know and so you have those individuals but part of it might be the lack of access to quality education mm-hmm. you know like not really knowing how to uh not knowing how to execute on something like that or feeling like you, you aren't smart enough or supposed to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's just, it's just a, it's just a big thing. It's, it's, and it's, it's important because like with this whole black dollar only circulating through our community for a, a, a several hours, that's so damaging. And then like not having the, not having uh access to black capital. So like not having black banks, and then the black banks that we do have that are sporadic. Yeah, I was to say, because I, I was a big advocate. Yeah, none in Dallas. Because it's like, I, I remember uh, I was talking to my family. We were trying to research, like, where can we go? Because I'm right, currently I'm with a credit union. Mm-hmm. But it was like, okay, I can put my, and I mean, I'm a big advocate not to put all your money in one spot. Right. I'm big on that because so I have multiple bank accounts. So it's like, okay, where can I put some money in a black home bank? But I was like, but where is it? All, like when I googled it, literally it pulled up like Oak Cliffs, like a bank in Oak Cliff. I said just because it's in Oak Cliff doesn't mean it's black owned, sweetheart. Yeah, there's only three black owned banks <laughs> uh, in Texas. One is in San Antonio, one's in Houston, and maybe Austin. Sound like to me we have to move. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, no. If we want to go that extreme and put nah. our money in a black uh, bank, nah. It seems like we all need to move to one area that's the, where a bank is at. Well, the reason why I would say no, I mean, I mean, you never know. But because reason, I mean, the money if you put in that bank, that bank supposed to, you know, floor that to, that community. Right. So that we need to start moving closer to those banks. Or or banks need to be open where we're at. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason why, like in Desoto, which is predominantly black. Yeah, why we don't have black owned bank in Desoto? It should be. It should be, and and that should be something that that they need to speak about. You know. Maybe like at a town hall. I mean, I don't know how this, how the politics of all this stuff works, but that's something that that's, that needs to be discussed. And and not moving to where one is because, you know, I lived in Houston and I actually took my money out of out of out of my Chase Bank, and and took some money to the Black Owned Bank. Mm-hmm. But then but then there were problems with that, you know, because they don't have as much access to deposits and stuff. Oh, and so, they were up and coming. I mean, they no, no, they they're not up and coming. They've been, uh, you know, founded for a long time, mm-hmm. but their their fee system was different than like Chase's fee system. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't getting charged any money, you know, to have an account with with Chase, mm-hmm. a student account, right? Mm-hmm. But like, as soon as I took the money out and put it in a, what you call it, there was a minimum deposit amount that needed to be made, okay, like yeah. each month, and if oh. not, I was getting charged. And so at this time, like I was in school. Was this a savings? 
um, a checking account. Oh. And so at, at this point, I was in school, mm-hmm. and it was my last semester, so I had just taken off of work. So I wasn't working at all. So I didn't have, like, steady-to-steady deposit, like, direct mm-hmm. deposits hidden. So they were charging me each month. And then it, it just got to a point where I was like, you know what? For me right now, personally, it's not worth it. Because the point is for me to be trying to help the black community, but I'm a part of the black community. So you all just, just charging me and taking money from me, it's not helping me. Hmm. So then I had, I had to pull my money back out. Hmm. We should look up that bank now to see, you know, what their the minimum is and if they still have those same fees and stuff like that and compare it to the banks that we're at now, you mm-hmm. know, and see the difference. Does, does, your, does your credit union charge you a fee? Uh no because I had to see that I've been with them forever, but, but I know they they um everybody have interest and in everything that they charge monthly. If you don't, it's like some type of dividend. I'm I'm trying to think about no. How they give it, you a dividend. Yeah, they give you that, but it's I think if you um you have an annual fee for your bank. I think it's I'm thinking about what what something recently I was charged for. I think it was like an ATM fee or a transfer fee or something. That's the only type of fee that I see. Yeah, I'm talking about like a monthly fee just just no, to have I don't the have account existing. Fees. That's what I'm saying. That's all. Like the only thing that that, that charged. I'm trying to think what was charged. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. It's just it's just really crucial, you know. Like not not having not having a bank that has your interest. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have the same access to capital that other people have, mm-hmm. and so. Just to give like one quick example, so we can like keep keep pushing. Mm-hmm. So, when I was in college, there was a there was a banker from Las Vegas who came to speak to us, and he was saying, you know, everybody talking about how can you help the black community and protesting and this and that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna tell you what you need to do, and he was saying you need to pull your money, you need to put it in a black owned bank, and then you need to have that black owned bank support the local business. In that community, mm-hmm. you need to support the local business by taking your money, then taking it to the, you know, to the uh, the black-owned businesses, okay. so they can so they can generate revenue, but then they can pay the loan back off. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And then basically just start like this cycle, this cycle of like we put the money in the bank, the bank loans the capital out to people who want to start businesses, the businesses start, you support those. They take it, pay the loan off, and then they can do the same thing somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Now we can open the second one. Now I can employ more people from the area. Mm-hmm. Like we can we can start economics ourselves, and we don't need to go to other people asking for jobs. Not at the same rate. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're still gonna have people asking for jobs, but you wouldn't need to go outside of your community at the same rate, right? And so an example that he gave was the Asian community. He was saying like you might have like a first generation person. You know who who comes here, and they they come here, and it's already a system that's established, mm-hmm. right? So they come here, and they have the idea to open a business. Mm-hmm. Now they already have access to Asian-owned banks, who will give them capital to to start the business. So they, they aren't going this to chase. Married. This is by name, not even married. This is my name alone. <laughs> they're not going to chase. Uh-uh. They're not going to Bank of America. They're not going to any of these places to ask these other people for a loan. Mm-mm. They're going to go to an Asian-owned bank, and they're going to get. They're going to get a loan from their own people. Mm-hmm. And once they get that loan, they're going to take it. They're going to start their business. Then they're going to employ their other family members to work in the business. Mm-hmm. So now I've given other people jobs from the loan, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're, we're going to work this every day. We're going to work this every day, work this every day. And then once you get your paycheck, you, who I just gave a job, you aren't going to take your paycheck and go put it in Chase. You're going to, with all your extra money that you have after you pay your bills, mm-hmm. You're then, you're going to have a, a, a checking and a savings that's set up with the same bank that gave me the loan. You're keeping all of this money within ourselves. Mm-hmm. When we go out to eat, you know what I'm saying? They go they go out to eat at their own, own places, you know what I'm saying? Own places of business. Mm-hmm. It's like, and so you, you create this, 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 you create this ecosystem where you don't need any other group of people. The only thing that these people need from, from anybody else is our business is our giving our business to them they just need our money they just post up in our neighborhood <laughs> open a business and mm-hmm. we support them they make the bread employ all their own people take all the money put it into their bank then the bank got more money loan it out to somebody else when it's time to do it again yep. pay the loan off 
You know what I'm saying? Let's 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 open another one. Let's have some more people come over. That's literally how, and that's and that's what we need to do. But we don't have access to to the capital in the same way. Hmm. We have capital, but it's just it's just a lot, you know. Because the largest, and this is what the man had told us too. He said that the largest Asian-owned bank in Houston has more assets than every single black bank in America combined. Just to put it into perspective. And the one thing I was considering by um, switching banks at that time, like I was so adamant. I st- I'm still, or you know, in search of a bank. Mm-hmm. But um, I hate that that the bank tellers and the people that was helping me didn't look like me. Think so? No, I, I know so. But why why don't you like the, that they look like you? Like you? why don't I like that? Yeah. Because it's like I'm putting my money in here. I've been with here all this time. I've been here. My family's been here. We all have, you know, our accounts with this with this this credit union. Mm. But it's like we never see anyone employed that looks like us. Never. And why do you think that's important? Because I want to know. Okay, since I'm putting my money in here, what? Who else are you teaching? Like, clearly, this has been around for a long period of time. Mm. Why can't you employ people that looks like me? Because I have my money in here to help also bring more business to or at least educate other people that looks like me with your company it's like and what everyone else that was in there is like i hate that that's one thing that i despise it's like i can put my money in this but you're telling me that my money is good enough but people that look like me is not good enough to work here you 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 remember in the Atlanta episode, the last one, not the the one from from this week, mm-hmm. but last week where they had the activists. Mm-hmm. And do you remember when Paperboy got upset and he was like, "Man, y'all took my idea and y'all changed it to something different and y'all y'all talking about doing this and mm-hmm. reinvent." And the dude put him outside. He was like, "Look, man, do you really think that these companies are gonna give the information, right?" Mm-hmm. The information that could really help uplift the black community. Do you think they're gonna give that to the black community, knowing that it could lead to their demise? Mm. I'm gonna give you enough information or resources for you to put me out of business, for you to start your own businesses and start your own banks, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 lower my business. I'm not gonna do that. So everything you be seeing these companies do is like performative. Yeah. But it's not gonna lead to like. The type of change that we're we're talking about, and so like you were like you were saying, you're saying like okay, I'm putting my money here. Why can't I see more people, more, more diversity in in in, in who works here? Why can't there be more people who are having like executive positions or having opportunities to learn, right? Mm-hmm. Because at, at, at some level, it's like there has to be like a cap on that mm-hmm. from their perspective. Not me saying that it needs to be, but. Mm-hmm. And not just with the banks, it's everywhere. Like you touched on. Yeah. Because even with me going on job interviews, I pay attention to how many people look like me mm-hmm. when I do tours and everything. I don't know if you've done it, but it's like I pay attention to that. How many people that's on your staff actually look like me? Yeah. Who's at the top? Why are they only at the top? And when I hear explanations, it'd be. <laughs> It's crazy. What do you What do you expect them to say to you? Hmm? What do you expect them to say to you? I mean, I I, I know they're gonna give me this fluff, you know, but it's like, but you see, mm-hmm. you see why. It's like, huh? um, and I know I know last episode you were like you had a bunch of jobs in college, mm-hmm. but uh, but no, but uh, when I was when I was in school again. Mm-hmm. And this was at the same place that I was uh, talking about last time. But prior to going there, I had this mentor who had, who had to, who isn't who is in the black community, right? So a different community. But I'm only saying that so that you understand where I'm going with it when I once I get there. But he told me he was like Derek, when you, when you have this internship this summer, I want you to to find a a upper management black person 
mm-hmm. somewhere within the organization, and I want you to talk to them. And I guess he was saying, I want you to talk to them so you can see how it really is. But maybe not even just to see how it really is, but maybe maybe he was saying, like, you need to talk to them so that you can have an understanding of what it would take to be successful within that within that infrastructure. Mm. So you know how, like, sometimes when someone goes into something, they might have to lessen themselves some, right? Mm-hmm. They might have to lose a part of themselves or they might have to make a, what's the word? make sacrifices or and so maybe maybe I think what he what he was wanting me to do was to speak to somebody who's been with the company for a long time who understands what it's like to be in the company as a black person and what type of adjustments did he have to make or he or she have to make in order to keep on progressing within it and to be able to withstand being in that in that environment and I think he wanted not for him to have to say it to me but for them to say it to me. Mm-hmm. And so, but basically when I came back from the uh, from the internship the next school year, and I was, I was, I was having a meeting with them, and, and he had said, you know, did you ever go speak to someone like I, like I had mm-hmm. told you to? And I was just like, you know, there were some lower level guys mm-hmm. that I had spoken to, but as far as like upper management, it wasn't really like that around, so I didn't really know. I never saw anyone. I never, you mm-hmm. know. But he, he had basically said, but I had said, but overall, there weren't many African Americans there. And he he, he had kind of like chuckled and was like, Derek, there's never going to be a whole bunch of brothers there. Mm. Hm. And he said brothers, which, which, Explain. Because I feel like he was being funny and saying that. Mm. Oh, was he being real? Yeah, but why he say it that way? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I went to an HBCU, mm-hmm. so like, do I think that he? Do I think he is in meetings with around other people at the what you, at the campus talking about brothers saying brothers? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. But he was like, Derek, there's never gonna be many brothers there. You know what I'm saying? As, as if, like, as if me even insinuating, like, it wasn't a lot of black people, like, basically saying, like, bro, like, duh. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. And so when we when we talk about, when we talk about, and this is somebody who was very, who did very well, you know, like, in business, mm-hmm. who has a lot of connections with a lot of recruiters and different companies and all this type of stuff, right? So when you talk about, Telling all these black kids to go get these degrees, and again, some of you, some people need them, mm-hmm. right? But we were also talking about a lot of black people with degrees in debt being underemployed. Now, him from the recruitment side, while they're telling you to go take all this, incur all this debt, him on the recruitment on the recruitment side, knowing all these people, having all these connections, he's saying to me to my face, Derek, there's never gonna be many black people up in there because he knows something. Be like, tell me. Because they aren't gonna, they aren't gonna allow that to happen, and so it's kind of like you just realize, like playing these game with these people, like they're telling all of these people to go out here and take all this debt out for these jobs that they aren't gonna give you a mass, mm-hmm. and they have no plan to, and so the plan to to uplift our communities it has to come from within ourselves, which is why the circulation of the money is important. Yeah. And then going back to Urban Hydration and um, Hydration, her company, Miss um, Terry, her, you know, she the one that started the company, but her husband, you know, has the financial background. So it's like we need to take those people, our people that has these business backgrounds and be like, OK, we need to partner up with them. They might not. They, they they're not going to have the experience, but they're going to have the education and hopefully they have the connection. Some of them might have experience. Yeah. But. But you would have to be able to poach somebody from a job and have them see the vision of why they should yeah. leave a stable job that might be paying more in order to come build something from ground up. Like with them, I wonder how, you know, how they started. She did say she started with only $40 in her pocket. But it's like, how, like, what made him take that leap of faith? And be like, you know what, I'm going to have to stop doing what I'm doing. Because he had to. You can't do both right now. Not with a startup. I mean, you could. There's going to be a whole lot of sleepless nights. Mm. But it's like, what made him make that sacrifice? I'm like, okay, I see my wife vision, and I'm going to just 
I'm going in with her, you know? Yeah, because there's some sleepless nights just with making a podcast. <laughs> and we still got a regular nine to five. Mm. Yeah. And a whole lot of other side projects. Yeah. But no, I, I, I agree. You know, just, uh, I mean, I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we need we need individuals who have who have experience, who have skill sets, education, and resources, and a network. Yeah, so the education is is important, mm-hmm. but you still got to take the people that don't have the education experience, but also but have like the dream, to have the vision to execute something, and like we're gonna have to all get together. If we can't count on the banks, we need to count on some somebody. <laughs> what are Jews at? For them to lend us the money. Oh, uh, <laughs> edit, edit. Oh, jeez. Edit. All right. Any anything else that you feel about the uh, the video? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about Maggie Anderson? It was a, it was a lot of key points. I just like Maggie Anderson's story because she was just the um, the modern day um, black family that she was adamant about buying black. Mm. She drive thirty miles from where she lived now. Just to go get her nails done. She takes her daughters. She makes sure she finds any um, produce, any like everything. Anything you're going to buy, she's trying to make sure she's buying black. All her doctors, anything that she needs, she is researching and making sure this is a black company. This is a black person that's about to work on me. If I'm going to spend the money, I'm going to spend the money on who I want to spend it on. Right. And then what she had said was she'll have some protesters who will say, well, you know, that's that's racist or, mm-hmm. you know, that's discriminative, discriminative or discriminatory, if that's the right word. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have a moment where I always like, if that's the right word, like <laughs> almost every week. But uh, but she was just basically saying, like, no, because here in America, when you hear the term American, American made mm-hmm. or by American, it doesn't mean that you were saying that because you hate, like she said, because you hate Mexico or you hate Canada. You're just saying, like, no, like, I'm attached to America. I want American people to do well. I want this group, this community, this nation to do well. Mm-hmm. So she said in the same light, she's attached to the black community. She knows that us as a community are in a lowered position mm-hmm. when it comes to economics and entrepreneurship and business. You know, we don't have as many businesses. Our businesses aren't doing as well. And a lot of our businesses don't receive support. And so... She said, if I don't support, then who? Mm-hmm. And not just her by herself, but, like, if every person who's who's making it a point to say, I'm going to support, if they just didn't do that, like, you could imagine just how many businesses would not make it. And so there's nothing wrong with just feeling like I'm going to I'm gonna inconvenience myself, you know, and then I'm going to inconvenience you by, by continuously telling you to do it too, but we're going to go support people who need the support. Because they aren't going to get it from other groups of people. Mm-mm. And um, also going into the next one, um, pretty much the Black Amazon. That's what I called it. But um, Yeah, the we, the we Buy we buy Black platform. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he uh, trying to make it, you know, pretty much all black companies make sure black businesses put their, their products on his website so we can have this one area that we can go to do this research as in okay i want to buy this and we know for a fact this is a black owned company so it's like putting them two together is like they're um pretty much helping the movement and that's what i like about that yeah but that 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 is a little hard though with the black amazon because it's like what we noticed on that because since it was up and coming it's like all the resources is not as elite as you know the white counterparts mm-hmm. so we notice that and it's like you know with the education or the resources it's like people always trying to um form an opinion like okay this is not as great because of xyz like oh, okay this this website is not working like it's supposed to or you know why did it look like this because he doesn't have the proper resources or they don't have the proper resources or you know, if you want to give your opinion, go help them. You talking about me? I'm ta- no, I'm talking about in general. Like how people <laughs> be talking about certain stuff about yeah. when you actually go and try and buy black, or, and then you always have this bad connotation. Like, oh, see, this is why I don't buy black because of this. Mm. It's like, well, then you know, help. 
You know what to do. Or or give a positive critique. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're talking about me because I said something about the website. I'm not just talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah. I'm just saying in general because people do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like when people try and go support black restaurants. Uh, this is going to take about two hour wait. This is why I don't support because they never on time or this and that and the third. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So... That's my big thing. Don't just stop supporting somebody because of the lack of. Either you tell them what's going on, how you feel about it, but don't be coming in with your two cents and but still not bring your money. I agree. I mean, just just overall, I, I agree that it's important to support our own businesses. I agree that it, it is important to, I mean, just look to, to, even if you have to inconvenience yourself, mm-hmm. you know, like seek out these businesses and, and just try to lend your support. Yeah. Try to share, try to share the businesses with people that you know. Post it on Instagram the same way you'll post like some new uh, Balenciaga shoes you bought. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like buy something there and, and be as excited and post it, you know. Because mm-hmm. when I was super into like the pro black stuff, so I'd have all this pro black black like apparel and stuff like that or books, and I posted and people would be like, "Oh, that's oh that's clean," you know what I'm saying? Or like I had the, uh, you know, like they give you the fabric and they had like the different types of like designs in the fabric, mm-hmm. but it's like it's like African themed designs and stuff like that. And uh, basically having somebody cut that and making like I was making like headbands out of it and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. people were like, "Oh, that's that's hard, that's clean." And, just telling them, like, yeah, I got it from such and such. You know, like, just something as, as small as that, like, it can really make a big difference, right? Mm-hmm. Because even when we went to the the African Connection store in, um, in Oak Cliff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, going there, like, those types of places need our support. Oh, yeah. Because if we, if we don't make it a point to go there, it can't sustain itself. Mm-mm. Because there aren't enough people outside of us who have interest in going and supporting. So the way that we just automatically go to Walmart, we automatically go to Ross, automatically go to Target, Foot Locker. It's like we need to have that same type of mentality for the things that we own. Mm-hmm. Or nothing, nothing is really going to change. So. Yeah. I know I, I want us to get back dedicated by intentionally buying black. I know... For me, with pastries or anything like that, my mom has a company. She mm-hmm. she makes all her own desserts and everything. Um, it's called Helen's Delight Bakery. And I I mean, it's every job that I have. I've been blessed to always um, given the opportunity to, to use my mom's company, well, our company, to um, make any desserts or anything like that. And all the companies that I work for, they always use her services every time and never fails even the company i'm at now i'm eventually i'm put them on (laughs) so it's like i'm always being able to set that up and then just locally even candle companies that i use um she actually went to school with me back in middle school Mm -hmm. so it's like it's like i need we all need to just make sure you know since we like certain things Make sure you buying it from a black company because it's nine times out of ten it is a black company somewhere that supplies what you've been Wanting, you know, so shoes, whatever the case may be, mm. it's, it's somebody out there. You don't got to wear Nikes and you don't got to do all that. God, no, if it looks good and it's a good brand, the quality is there and they're reliable. Mm. Come on, I, I guess you, I, I feel like you're talking about me again. God, dog, <laughs> <laughs> he is guilty. <laughs> oh man, why you feel so guilty? I need to I need to find a black owned shoe uh, mm-hmm. manufacturer. I'm gonna buy some high roll. I'm gonna buy some high rollers from House Farm. Something. For, for no jumper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nah. I mean, I feel. You. I need to do better because I, I don't buy the most expensive clothes. I just like something that looks nice. So I'm like, okay, I need to start buying clothes from a black company because I know it's plenty out there. Mm-hmm. So like, if I'm gonna spend the money, that's in my price range because <laughs> I don't spend a lot of money on clothes. So it's like, I just need to be more intentional. If we can find a local grocery store, 
I know some out there. I think it's one in Oak Cliff, actually. We just need to go figure it out. It's not like we go grocery shopping all the time. Yeah. So, we just got to do our research and go on make it happen. Yeah, and, 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 and kind of, the, are you kind of trying to wrap up? Mm-hmm. And just to kind of wrap it up on my end, um, I, I will say that there was a point where I was really into all of this. Mm-hmm. And... <sighs> It it is very uh, draining trying to find some of these these uh, places and realizing there is no place or mm-hmm. there's a grocery store but it's not open all the time it's not open at regular hours they close early on these days because you know because they're under supported and just to say if you're somebody who has an idea like go go turn it into a reality yeah because part of part of it is just that sometimes you just can't find what you're looking for. You know, so you got to be the solution, right? And I know there's people who have like solutions to things. There's people who have ideas. Like, again, just just go push to make it a reality. Mm-hmm. And then that's the that's that would be the point of having the black owned bank, because when you have people who have these ideas, they need capital. Yeah. You know, Mm-mm. going back to buying black. I know I'm a big coffee drinker, and the only one so far is in Fort Worth. The mm-hmm. black black coffee shop, or uh, I cannot recall the name of, but it's in Fort Worth. I just need to start ordering our coffee, cause it's like instead of me buying when I want something really good and don't just want Folgers or whatever the case may be. Your coffee, but yeah, are. <laughs> <laughs> but I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just need to order it online. They're like, okay, that same money I can just put it back in with us. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. To be continued. Yeah, I, I feel you like. But yeah, you know, just just wanting to have an episode that's just more so talking about like the good, the good like within us, right? So so one more time, three percent of black people are millionaires. Mm-hmm. That's approximately one one point five million people. One point five million people. One in every fifty households, black households, black families are millionaires, and that's something that you wouldn't think of. Mm-hmm. You probably know someone that's a millionaire. Yeah, in that case, you probably do. Mm-hmm. Well, depending on what area you live in. But if you live in a moderately good area. You probably know. You're you a mixed-up area, probably a million. If you live in a suburb, you you probably know somebody. Someone there is probably me in there, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, But, yeah, you know. I kind of want to challenge everybody that's watching right now to, um, I guess, let's just fill up the comment section with, like, black-owned companies in our area. Even if you're not in our area, just let's just start shouting out black-owned companies mm. and start supporting. Yeah, That's, that is relatively simple, and let's just see what what happens. For sure. Yeah. Cause I know I need clothes. I already got a candle person. And I already got a bakery. <laughs> but everything else. Oh, and I have coffee too. But I mean, any other coffee shops? Cause I know eventually one day I might have to go and open me up one. <laughs> Cause I spend a lot of money on coffee. Yeah, you do, mm-hmm. and, and and then and then we have things we're gonna do as oh, well. Yeah. So then In the we'll be able to add that to the list. So. Yeah. Yes, man. Got anything else you want to share? No. All right. I mean, I mean, we pretty much stayed on in in a centralized place with the topics. Mm-hmm. Um, we veered off from the actual, the actual documentary. We definitely but, but everything to watch it. Right. We want people to watch it. It's called America America's Black Upper Class, Rich, Successful, and Empowered. And it's a DW documentary. All right. It's about forty five minutes, so it's not like some some like crazy amount of time you're you're giving up, but go ahead and watch that. Give your give your uh opinions and any critiques you might have in the comment section. Mm-hmm. Not just of their video, but in ours too. And we're going to link that video in our uh, description. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. You got anything else? Mm-hmm. Hey, we could potentially start doing reviews on black-owned companies if we want to do that. Like this Urban Hydration. If I mean, I'm a natural girl. If y'all want me to actually use their products and give my honest opinion, and if you find any other places, like y'all want us to shout out like different other companies and we you want us to try their products, mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that we can start doing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's it. That's it. All right, we about to wrap this up. Um, we had a few other topics, but we're gonna save some of those for next uh for the next podcast. Mm-hmm. But 
it's been a good talk. I feel like it was an important talk, just like the other ones yeah. that are dealing with topics in our community. But uh, and we definitely gonna touch back on all the other topics like college and everything else. It's we on the past videos we probably just talked on it briefly, but I still so much we need to discuss. So it's not like we're one and done with these these topics. They definitely gonna come back. Yeah, mm -hmm. I feel I feel like uh, going forward on on some episodes. Mm -hmm. That they can just be a little bit more focused. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. instead of kind of being all over the place. And so kind of having episodes that are kind of themed around a central theme mm -hmm. where all the topics kind of fall in line with that. I don't know. We haven't discussed that. Mm -hmm. uh, just, but just, <laughs> that's, just, that's off air. <laughs> yeah, just thinking on the fly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but uh, if you don't have anything else. All right, man. Uh, it's been episode seven. Um, we appreciate you. Make sure that you like, comment, share, subscribe, mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to keep on getting this content out. Uh, what's it called? It's called uh, Daily Dallas Dope. <laughs> we uh, got to get that together. The new name, Daily Dallas Dope. Uh, we're going to be coming out with a logo, and I mean, we're going to keep it pushing. So, again, thank you, and we're about to be up out of here, y'all. Yep. All right, so peace out. Appreciate you, and goodbye. Bye.